Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hear this. Birdie num num. Birdie num num. Birdie num num. What's up, guys? And welcome back to another Birdie Num Num podcast. Having fun with all the podcasts lately. I do this once a week, but every once in a while, stuff happens on social media in my life, uh, in the comedy scene, in the news scene, where I like to make podcasts ad hoc. Ad hoc is a word I remember from data analytics. We need an ad hoc report. Um, but yes, this week on the podcast, I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that is why do NRIs suck? Uh, and I know this is ironic because I am an NRI. So let me be clear. I do not mean all NRIs suck, and I do not mean if you were an Indian person, Indian origin person, born overseas, you suck. What I mean are the people that I keep seeing, especially with elections coming up and all the politics and the news and the anger and the hate on social media, on Twitter, all the trolling are the people who the second you say something or do something or have an opinion, uh, they get really high and mighty and angry about how could you say that about India or how could you insult our leaders or what are you doing for the government and then you click on their profile and then these people are out taking selfies in Las Vegas having $100 champagne uh, you know in Chicago or living in the UK complaining about you know the prime minister or like whoever is the big dude in the UK right now or Angela Merkel Markle or that's I know that's Germany but I'm just like shouting out stuff now but I hate these people. Dude. I hate them with a passion. My number one thing I hate more than anything, if you listen to my podcast, is hypocrisy. And a good chunk of NRIs, not the majority, um, you know, not all. Again, I am one, so I know it's going to be weird to say, but I've lived in India for nine years. So I think I have a pretty good barometer of, you know, what is authentic, what is not. Are these people who... Grew up in India, obviously found greener pastures based on the opportunities they had there, they had here. And by that, I mean middle class people here who studied, worked, and then, you know, got a job with a company that was able to send them to the US or the UK or Canada or Australia, or people who luckily had enough money through their family and connections to study abroad in the UK, US, Australia, and then stay there. Those sorts of people. And then the, those same ones who basically settle there but have, you know, 10, 15 years of growing up in India. And then all they do is complain about the state of India. And then at the same time, they will joke around or they will get angry at people who are joking around about India. So they're like patriots when it's convenient. They're hypocrites when it's convenient. Sorry, they're patriots when it's con- they're patriots when it's convenient. They've moved out when it's convenient, but they're hypocrites all the time. And I cannot stand these people you know the ones, right? The guy who like moves to like New York or New England and, you know, grew up in India until he was like 30. And then like, you know, after two weeks of being in America, you see him on Facebook like, oh, yeah, the Patriots are going to kill it in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, he's awesome. <laughs> and that's my NRI Patriot fan accent, you know, or the like uh, the dude who like goes for like two weeks and then comes back and he's like, oh, hello, how are you doing? And it's like, Mahesh, you don't speak like that. How did you just pick up the accent in uh, two weeks, bro? Dude, it's so frustrating to me. And I know some of you are like, why do you care? Um, well, I care because I am an NRI and I did grow up overseas. And unlike a lot of Indians who grew up in America, in the UK, we were broke, dude. Like we were not your rich factory worker. We were not like the wealthy doctors and engineers who settled there. We were like a family from Air India 
that somehow got stationed over there by coincidence. And then after all that stuff finished and my dad got laid off and all that stuff, we were like pretty much all living in like a one bedroom, but we were there. So, you know, my big ups to my mom and dad, they like pulled through and like worked in like grocery stores and that sort of stuff. But like, or sorry, in a hospital, my mom was a nurse. Um, but you know, it wasn't, uh, some cushy cakewalk, but the ones now who have the luxury and obviously with Facebook and Twitter and social media and Instagram, it comes to light. The people who are living their best life overseas and having a great time, um, yet they feel the need to intervene on politics or what the people back at home on the front, you know what it's like? It's kind of like, uh, you dodged the war, you know, like you dodged, uh, you know, being drafted to go to Vietnam or, you know, Normandy or whatever. And then people who are over there fighting, and I'm not saying India is a war zone, I'm just saying people who are over there on the front lines trying to make change, however right or wrong, uh, you know, they are, uh, you're like talking about those people when you yourself aren't even putting your money where your mouth is. Like, I always love it when the prime minister goes to like the US and like fills up like a football stadium in New Jersey of like all these Indian people. And they're all like singing the Indian anthem and like being so proud. But the great irony is they're all sitting in New Jersey. And I guarantee you, if out of that 60,000 people in that stadium, if you ask them, all right, how many of you are ready to drop everything and come back to India with me tomorrow? All of their patriotism and loyalty and all that will just be voted with their pocketbook. And if they have the same luxuries that they could have in India, and ironically, you don't even have the luxuries because the thing about the middle class here is, if you're a middle class here, you're pretty much loaded, you know, anywhere else. Like, because what I mean by that is, sorry, if you're a middle class here, you pretty much are loaded because you have the ability to afford a car and a driver and, uh, you know, like two maids and a cook and all that stuff. And that's not something any middle class can give you. Maybe China, I guess, but in Singapore, I know definitely not. Hong Kong, probably not. And the crazy thing to me, dude, is these people who just like rib and complain and and be patriotic. Like, I know I already said it, but they have pride about India. Otherwise, they have pride about America. The second you ask them, all right, come back to India. They're like, no, no, wait, hold on, buddy. Slow down, buddy. <laughs> like one of my one of my uncles, my dad's the youngest brother, hilarious guy. One thing I love about the older generation of NRIs, like the ones we have, you know, before Facebook and social media, we didn't even know what anybody was up to. Um, but now you kind of see people and you can see their transformation online. And it's so funny. Like my, my own dad's youngest brother is a, was a cab driver in New York for like 30 years. And he's like, got that living in India till he was 20 accent, you know, that North Indian accent. But now he only thinks in English. He only speaks in English and like a New Yorker, you know? So there's like this mishmash of accents every time he speaks. He's like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Give me my fat Dallas, you know? <laughs> so it's just like, it's like half uncle, half like, you know, New York mobster. And it's like 100% awesome. So I just love it when you see these, every flight that lands at Bangalore Airport or Bombay Airport or Delhi Airport has these people who have this like weird NRI uncle accent, dude. It's so fun. And then they come back. And I'm older now. I'm in my 30s now. So I can, I give it back to uncles now when they're misbehaving. It's no longer about like respect and politeness. I'll be like, uncle, you're kind of being a, I mean, a truth about this dude right now, to be honest. I don't use that word, but I'm like, you know, you've been living the high life in America at Microsoft or Panasonic or Yahoo or whatever, um, or some government job. And you come back here and you have opinions about 
how bad India is, how the weather is. I mean, the weather, you can't do anything, but the electricity still keeps cutting out. I was, well, well, what are you doing? You know, what have you been doing the last 30 years to improve this? You know, it's those same people who complain about the U.S. government, even though it's never been a better time to be living in America. I know there's a lot of drama that gets to the news and I know it is really tough, like in the racial tensions and in like a lot of the sexual stuff that we see, but you're the safest you'll ever be, you know, you're the healthiest generally, I think, unless you keep eating sugar and McDonald's, you'll ever be, uh, you know, uh, income inequality is like, it's there, but it's, I mean, a poor person in America now is much better off than a poor person before. Everyone has a smartphone, everyone has food, a roof over their head, a basic income and all that. And I'm not saying there's not room for improvement or we shouldn't constantly improve. But what I am saying is put your money where your mouth is, dude, you know, Rather than complaining about some stranger you never met, what some politician said, what happened to somebody you don't know, instead of complaining about that on Twitter, are you looking around, putting your head out of your ass, put like pulling it up from your phone and like looking to see that your maid might want a glass of water or the lady cleaning outside your house might need something or you want to pay for somebody's school? So, I mean, this is the best version. I was on Twitter and was it Twitter? I think it was Twitter. And I was talking about this exact thing and I was like, hey guys and girls, instead of complaining about a bunch of shit out of your control why not make the five or ten people around you in your control somewhat in your control um you know that that you have the ability to help why not help them you know why not sit with your maid for 30 minutes teaching her english or you know if your driver is asking for some school fees go to the school if you don't believe him and pay tm it or online bank it or whatever it's so easy now to help and most people i guarantee do not do that they give some old clothes some leftover food they pat themselves on the back for giving their maid like some extra chocolate or something like that's supposed to like change anything yet they refuse to actually do real action for the five people around them. It's kind of like somebody who's constantly trying to get famous and feels like he has no friends, yet the friends he does have, like he refuses to acknowledge them and he ignores them. And the people who matter are the ones that you're neglecting for people who don't matter. Like, really? Um, That's what I feel Twitter is like. So I was doing that. And then, of course, because I said the words English, some guy was like, why does English have to, why do we have to teach them English? Like, what do you, that's so backwards to say that teaching someone English is a reason to make good income. And I was like, um, are you going to tell me living in this country, how living even in China, that if you aren't fluent in English, you're not going to have very good career opportunities? Whether or not you're working in a blue collar job like a tour company or a cab driver versus working in an office, is English not the basic requisite? Is it not the equivalent of being able to like lightly run if you're a jogger or something, you know? Like there, I'm sure there's loaded people here, people who are rich as hell who only speak Gujarati or only speak, you know, Hindi um, or Kannada. But obviously, it's not going to hurt to know more languages. I, I wish I knew those languages, bro. You know what I mean? But of course, people fight, people scream, people argue. That's the nature of the beast. Because why talk about the real issues when we can just, you know, stroke our own egos? And I hate that, dude. Like, I just hate it so much. And I've been having so much fun on Twitter. By the way, one thing I'm really good at is like, I mean, my wife teases me about this all the time. She's like, you're really good at putting people in boxes. Like, it's it's such a bad quality, but you're good at it. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, you can just like look at someone's Instagram and like figure out that person. And so today, uh, this morning, while I was taking a dump, sorry guys, um, I'm like looking at my friend Kanal Kamra's like stuff and I've been commenting on his stuff because it's funny and I like testing out the waters to see how his audience would respond. So he commented, he wrote something like, uh, hey Arnab, nobody cares about your show, whatever. And I typed as a pun, 
like the nation wants to grow. That was the pun that I had. Uh, and I thought I just thought it would be funny and I would move on. And then some kids, some 22, 23 year old kids started like, like saying like, what do you know? Or, I mean, it's, it's on his Instagram. You can see it on that Twitter screenshot. And he was like, like, what are you talking about? And he went after me and I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, okay, what are they going to say? Your comedy sucks. We don't like you. Da, da, da. But then I started reading and he was like, then he like, I didn't respond because I didn't read his comment. And then he was like, oh, what? Such a big guy, blue tick. First of all, bro. Half of us are broke, blue tick or not. The blue tick does not come with a checkbook, all right? That's not what the tick is, all right? <laughs> and then second, um, he started like bullying me. So then, of course, I was like, oh, you've woken a sleeping beast, my friend. And I go to this guy's profile and literally, Gujarati dude, all of his stuff is completely public. He has all his friends visiting him from Gujarat in America. They're going to Las Vegas and the Hoover Dam and going on a road trip and renting convertibles and taking pictures and having drinks and all that stuff. I keep looking at his feed. Now he's like 19 or 20 or 25 even and has like a picture with the like CM of Gujarat or something. And it's like, oh, this is somebody who's got family connections because, of course, we all know CMs need 19-year-old interns to tell them how to run their office, right? So clearly it's somebody who's just going to shadow around, dick around for a few weeks and then piss off. Um, but, of course, have that on the resume and have that to do all that. And so I was like, homie, you have just – and you are getting upset about me for saying something about India while you are sitting in New York City. And my goodness, it was so fun. One thing I love about the democracy of the internet is you can always see when two trolls, and I was trolling in this case, go at it with one another. Who wins based on the amount of likes? And it's it was beautiful. So I just like kept shutting down this kid. And literally all my muscles, I was like, wow, number one, you're in New York and you're making comments about Indian politics. So that means you're dumb and you're a hypocrite. And he was like, no, how do you know that? I was like, number two, um, you know, you are clearly spending your dad's money and you don't have a real job and all that stuff and then he's like no how do you know that and i was like because number three it's 2 a.m in new york right now and you are fighting with a complete stranger about calling you out and then of course this kid just kind of shut up and we one thing i love doing is i apologize to him but ah guys if you're gonna go after me go after me hard you know because if you have points i'm more than happy to discuss those you know but stopped like virtue is virtue signaling even the right word i don't even know what that means you're virtue signaling but nris man like we got to get our shit together and the other nris the ones like me the ones who completely grew up in america never come to india and are just like india is dirty india sucks or like is it bottled water you know those sorts of guys and girls like Come back to India. It's a great place to get in touch with your roots and don't be ashamed of who you are. In fact, embrace it because we are lucky that we have two identities and we can milk both. You know, you can be, uh, you know, American, Steven Seagal, patriotic, you know, but you can also be chicken tikka masala, ginger garlic and just kill it with the good food and eat spicy and have the best of both worlds. Like I love Bollywood films sometimes. Actually, I don't at all. It's a lie. Um, but you can literally have both guys. So... Yeah, man. Just, uh, I mean, if you see, the only thing I ask is we need a movement to happen on people who are hypocrites talking Indian policy while sitting in the comforts of a nice cushy apartment overseas. So if you see it, call it out, you know, let these people know we're coming after you and enough, dude. Either put your money where your mouth is. There's nothing wrong with living overseas, but there is definitely something wrong with being a massive hypocrite trying to affect those who are still living back at home because they choose to. The majority of people who are living in India who are doing substantial things could easily not be living here. 
but they choose to because they have the pride. They have the Indians are very patriotic. I'll give you that, dude. And if you're going to play that card, you better get your ass back to India rather than I'm making my money, having my fun over here, and I want the best of both worlds. So that's the idea. Um, and another thing uh, I wanted to talk about this week, which I thought about last night, was this concept of following your passion. I'm going to finish the podcast up on this. So it's just a minute more, guys. Don't worry. But a lot of people are always like passion, passion, and just excuse me while I... I'm passionate about Diet Coke with ice. I don't know why with ice, but it's so good. So just hang on. Ah, that's so good. By the way, Diet Coke is just so amazing. That's my Trump impression. But Diet Coke is good. But Diet Coke that's already cold in the fridge and then you put ice on top of it. Oh, my Oh my God, it's so good. I please, please, I recommend it in this Bangalore heat. Please give it a shot. But I've been reading a lot about following your passion. I've been doing a lot of videos about following your passion and, you know, embracing failure. And I'm going to change my tune a little bit um, on this uh, for the record on the Birdie Num Num podcast as I record this on April 5th, the Cinco de April. Um, and that is, I don't really think anybody needs to follow their passion. Um, I think it's great to explore and to do some soul searching, but you don't need to follow your passion, guys, because I think your passion will eventually follow you. And I know that sounds weird. And I know you've heard your whole life, like, you know, have a lot of hobbies and explore different things. Try photography. See if you like that. Try comedy. See if you like that. Try writing. See if you like that. Try making an app. See if you like that. Try hiring people. See if you like that. Try managing people. See if you like that. Try coding. See if you like that. Try cooking. See if you like that. And that is a great Try podcasting, guys. Like, that is great advice. But I firmly believe now that you're not really going to follow your passion. Your passion is going to follow you. And by that, I mean, if you are truly passionate about something, I don't think, I think most people probably do not find their passion in life. They find things they're good at and they enjoy. And they just kind of coast to coast on that. And then they live vicariously through sex, drugs, and rock and roll and travel and all that stuff. And family, which is, of course, great. Um, but proper passion, it finds you, it bugs you, you know, uh, it, it, it kind of claws at your ankles, claws at your calves, claws at your, the side of you until it pretty much takes over everything, right? Like you'll know because you'll have anxiety and you'll have regret about why you didn't do that already. That was your passion and you ignored it. Why did you not go to film school and instead you went to your MBA school or whatever? And even if you did, now in 2019, you can still be a freaking filmmaker and have an MBA and do a million other things because it's never been easier to get like an entire film school education in like six months online and learn the same stuff. And if not, learn better because you obviously learn the stuff you want to learn and you'll learn the basics project to project. So all that shit about, oh, but theory and you got to watch 85 black and white movie is that nobody anymore has the attention span to watch. Um, you know, like, sure, you can learn about all that stuff, but your real passion will be clawing at you and it'll be the stuff that you web surf about, you know, like you want to know how people find their passion. Like they sit in dead end jobs where they only work an hour a day in some cubicle and look at what they're web surfing. Look at what they're reading, because even if people are just constantly reading trolls about political riffraff on, you know, some blog or some forum, Maybe maybe most of them will do it 30 minutes a day or sports gossip or entertainment gossip. But if you're doing it like 30 hours a day. Sorry, guys, that was a quick phone call and I am back. But uh, yes, uh, where was I? 
your passion is going to follow you guys. It's going to bug you. And I really hope uh, just to finish off this spontaneous podcast, you don't ignore it when it does, because whatever it is that is on the back of your mind, whether it was, man, I really feel like I would want to open up a restaurant or I like cooking. Um, I even like cooking for strangers. I even like cooking when I don't want to cook or man, I see, here's how I knew when I thought comedy was a passion of mine. And then it kind of inkled and bugged me for the next five years till I tried it in 2004. When the Russell Peters clip came out with that orange backdrop where he was like, somebody going to get hurt real bad when all that, real bad, <laughs> when, when all that stuff happened, I showed that, you know, all of my friends and I were watching it together and laughing and high-fiving and, oh, this is great. This is so awesome. An Indian guy, finally, that's hilarious. I ended up, you know, those guys were like, wow, that's hilarious. And then they stopped watching and they went back to whatever they were doing. And I watched that thing like 40 more times. And I was like, how did he do it? What was he like? How did he memorize all that stuff? That's hilarious. Look at how the crowd's laughing. Look at how he's pausing. And I realized at that moment, okay, you know, something is stirring in me. And my only thing to you is no matter what in life, like we all have those friends, CEO of companies, big companies, but they're like amazing cooks or they end up loving theater or they love chit-chatting on aviation blogs or whatever. Whatever your true passion is, try to give it a go. Um, but again, don't be actively looking for it and don't get angry if you don't find it. Just keep living your life and eventually something will tweak you a bit more than others. And from there I say, go for it. You know what I mean? Like don't have those like, it's all about the first step. Like enough of this softy motivation and you don't got to be, we've come so far in like a motivation industry from like, it's all about the first step. Just keep going to like hustle, hustle, creak and kill it. You got to get it. It's a tough world out there. It's dire, be, kill or be killed. Like I'm just saying when this stuff is on the line and you realize something is like, wow, what? I'm really into this, you know, I'm not, it's not the money. It's not this or that. It's, I'm just really into this cooking or baking or managing people or making a website or whatever do not let it go so that's it for this week you guys and yeah nris some of you suck some of all of us suck by the way um but call out hypocrisy wherever you see it i think that's the best thing you can do instead of elections and voting and all that stuff change starts from within and change the three people around you not the three thousand people you don't know all right guys see you next week birdie num num birdie num num a birdie num num that's right.